You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to the Berg, presented by the PodHub Network. My guest today is from Westview, PA, and he's made a name for himself amongst the local comedy scene and is proudly sponsored by the beer drinker's beer, Iron City Beer. Without further ado, the tail goat himself, <laughs> Matt Light. Matt, how are we doing today? I'm I, well. I'm I'm good now. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I apologize for the first hour and a half of. Uh, I updated my Mac, which is a 2014 Mac. Yeah. Which, by the way, I just paid that off two weeks ago. Oh, congrats! We yeah, love that. it Get took me. <laughs> so that took me six years to pay it off. Because I thought a credit card, when you get a credit card, it's like, oh, 24%, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I thought, I thought like it's, you pay that amount plus 24%. That's what you think. Yeah, it's not <laughs> the case. This, this MacBook was $1,200. I think I paid, ended up paying like $2,600 for this thing. Oh my over, Lord. Over six years. And it's been garbage for the last three years. Yeah. Yeah, no, so. that's why I don't fuck with credit cards, man. No. <laughs> They get you with that shit. I just got out of debt, so it's nice. Yeah. So, all right. So, I don't know if you're familiar with the show, but first, we start out with your upbringing. Uh, what What was yep. there to do in Westview? Because, I mean, I'm a Beaver County boy. Okay. Obviously, you're an Allegheny County boy. What was there to do? Well, so, like, the difference is we had cable television, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... I mean, Westview was a really cool area. Uh, most of us played outside. It was like pick up football every day. Uh, you know, we played baseball at the church lot. Uh, we'd use like a tennis ball, but a aluminum bat so we could just crush it. Yeah. Um, football was really popular in the North Hills area. So that was something that um, I grew up uh, loving. Uh, my dad, I think, I think just being a Pittsburgher in general, you're born with a terrible towel. Yeah, you know, and it's like you don't have to like football, but you—it's just nostalgic to where you just remember Sundays being with the family, and that's what was on TV. And eventually, it grows into a fandom. So really, it was like football, man. Football was huge in Pittsburgh because we don't have beaches. Uh, We have three brown rivers that nobody wants to jump into. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, football, uh, video games really wasn't that popular as a kid for me i mean i played them um the only real memories i have with video games is uh we would drink and drive we thought it was funny uh, <laughs> we were like we were like 10 years old or 11 and i had a sega dreamcast yeah and we found grenadine in my dad's bar so <laughs> we would drink that and then play crazy taxi with the steering wheel oh man <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious yeah, so I mean, it was just a typical, you know, childhood you'd see in a movie like The Sandlot, but a little bit more, you know, technology. Yeah. So, like, was there like a specific spot you guys had, like a park where you guys, a specific park where you play football, uh, someplace you'd go afterwards to hang out and talk? Yeah, so we would go to Monterelli Stadium where the Indians play, and uh, we would we would climb underneath. We were so little, we could go underneath the fence. Um, so we would play there. And then I remember the one year we thought we were so cool because it was the last year before they got um, the turf, like this okay. like $20 million turf field. But the last year they finally did a checkerboard end zone, like how Tennessee does. Yeah. And it was so badass, like, cause we snuck out. We, we played at like six in the morning. We all had like matching uniforms, which were like <laughs> bedazzled t-shirts from Michael's that we made the night before. <laughs> I mean, it was like, yeah, that was our spot. And then afterwards, we would always go to Center Avenue Slice and eat pizza there because the owner used to give us pizza for free because we would go around the neighborhood and flyer all the doors. Oh, yeah. So child labor, nice. Side hustle, yeah. But the <laughs> truth is, when you're 12 years old, you only do it to where he can see you and then you throw yeah. them all away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just come back an hour later. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, when did you figure out, okay, I think I'm a funny guy. Maybe I should go on a stage. So I always, I always was funny. Um, when I realized that I should pursue it, is when I saw my report card slowly go down throughout each year. <laughs> like, it was like, you know how, like, in, um, 
Price is Right. They goes the yodeling. yodeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but my grades were just eighth grade, like seventh, eighth, ninth. It just would plummet. Uh, I just didn't give a shit. And um, one of my teachers actually said to me, he's like, you know, I don't understand. You test so high, but you don't care about school. You don't bring your books. You don't bring a pencil to class. He's like, why don't you just do something you want to do? Like, why don't you do trade school? And I was like, I don't like that. And he's like, well, you're funny. Why don't you try and be on SNL? So I was like, oh, that would be cool, you know? thinking it's that easy to just be yeah. out. Um, so I kind of just like followed like my heroes, you know, and tried to pursue stand up. I really didn't like stand up that much. Okay. Like I did, but like my hero growing up was Tom Green. Yeah. Like I think his show was so good. It was before Impractical Jokers. Yeah. Like, he was the main. Like he was the original. Jackass. Yeah. yeah, he was the OG. And like three years ago, I got to open up for him at the improv. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I hung out with him the whole weekend. Dude, like if you would have told like nine-year-old me who literally bought a camera because of him that mm -hmm. I'd open up for him, I was like, that's it. I don't have to do anything else stand-up wise. This is the coolest thing ever. You can never take this away from me, you know? Yeah, it's definitely like a career journey come full circle. That's, that's yeah. Dope. It's really and dope. I told him that story, and he was like, that's so awesome. He's like, but it also sucks because I'm getting old, and I started to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, with that said, I can assume you didn't go to college? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Hey, at least you don't have that debt like I do. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I ended up getting debt uh, a more fun way. <laughs> uh, yeah when i was 23 i got cancer so that was oh uh, really i didn't know that about you yeah, yeah so i had yeah. i had debt out the ass from that yeah so yeah that, so, um, if you don't mind what was that journey like uh it was uh it was it was bad it was uh <clears throat> so i had hodgkin's lymphoma okay uh same as james connor yeah and we actually were treated by the same doctor uh, Dr. Marks at UPMC, uh, amazing doctor, Hillman Cancer Center. Um, it was, it was, you know what? I actually had this conversation with Tom Green about it because, you know, when I went, he had testicular, and yeah. I remember this as a kid, uh, and we kind of like had a heart to heart about it, and it's like we don't, we're not happy that cancer, like we got cancer. But, like, the perspective of life changes so significantly. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and you just don't let little things bother you. Like, people talking shit or somebody cutting you off on the road or, you know, like, any anything, like, that I want to do creatively or, or anything, if you don't like it, like, that's cool, man. Like, I'm going to do me, you know. Like, I was still doing stand-up while I had cancer. Yeah. Um, I'd have a chemo treatment and then I'd wear, that's why these masks don't fucking bother me. I was wearing these at open mics, yeah. you know, I had to wear them and I would take them off, do my five minutes, put them on and go home. Um, so it's just been a, it's a hustle since then. And, and like, you just have that mindset that if you can go through hell and back, then fuck it. You're not taking anything from me, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's an awesome way to look about things. Like, I know I, I feel like I have a good perspective on life as well like just like do what you want to do and if you can make money doing it that's great yeah. but like to have the death aspect added on to that yeah whole nother perspective <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome and saying that you got it at 23 I'm 23 makes me think I should go get checked out so <laughs> so, so here I'll tell you my symptoms I had, okay. I had really bad night sweats Okay. And I was having trouble walking. And then, so I was like, well, shit, maybe it's because I put on a little bit of weight. So I started eating healthier. Yeah. And I lost 50 pounds in a month. Yeah. From just eating, eating better. Yeah. So I thought people were like, you look great. What are you doing? In reality, I'm dying, bitch. Like that's, <laughs> what, that's, that's what I'm doing. But I didn't know that. Right. But once I got down, like, I, I on average, I'm like 190-ish. When I, at a point where I was, you know, 145, uh, super skinny, and I was like, something's wrong. And yeah. um, so we got all the blood work done, and they were like, uh, we think you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, now, at 23, you, you just heard a minute ago, I didn't go to college. I didn't know what the fuck that was. Yeah. 
the first thing I'm thinking is it's like an STD. I'm like, listen, if Gemma gave me this, I'm going to fucking kill her. <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, it's cancer. And I was like, oh, shit, you know? And, uh, but I made light of the subject because, like, my doctor literally was like, all right, so you got cancer. Uh, call who you need to call, and then we're going to see you tomorrow to do more work on you. Yeah. I said, okay. Dude, the first person I called was Make-A-Wish. Really? I was like, man, I see You just look up, like, with- the 1-800 number, and you're like, yo, yeah. listen. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, I don't even, what was it, 1-800-DON'T-DIE? Like, I don't even know what the number <laughs> was. But I called it and I was like, I literally called them and I asked for a make a wish. I was like, hey, I was like, hey, I think I'm qualified for your new rewards program. <laughs> she's like, she's like, what? I was like, oh, I came down with the C's. And she was like, oh my God. <laughs> with the C's. Yeah. Oh my goodness. She's like, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna post a picture of me and get tons of sympathy. I don't need it from you right now. I want my make a wish. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, what do you have in mind? And I was like, well, um, the Royal Rumble is coming to town. <laughs> and she was like, don't say another word. We will get you tickets and you might meet John Cena. And I'm on the phone. I'm like, all right, first of all, I already have tickets. <laughs> Second of all, fuck John Cena. <laughs> She's like, what? I was like, I want The Undertaker to choke slam me through the Spanish announce booth. <laughs> and she's like, can you hold for a second? So she has me on hold. And I'm thinking, wow, cancer might be the greatest thing ever. Like, I'm about to get choke slammed by a seven foot monster. Oh, you know what gosh. I mean? She comes back and she's like, uh, she goes, hey, I forgot to ask you, how old are you? And I hit mute. I'm like, fuck <laughs> like, i gotta tell her how old i am yeah so i'm like i'm 23 and she's like oh i'm sorry i can't do that for you then and i was like that's the only reason why she's like yeah i said so you're telling me because i'm a grown-ass adult you're not gonna let a grown man through if i was a six-year-old battling leukemia <laughs> you sick fuck would let me go through a table while Kane lit that shit on fire really <laughs> She's like, I don't know what to tell you. And then, like, a week later, they sent me a $50 gas gift card for get-go. <laughs> that was it. So. Oh, man. So, like, let's talk about how you got on stage. Like, what – did you start out in your basement, like, doing funny skits and stuff and then move up? So, to, we like, used to do, like, improvs? we used to do, like, the, uh, the Matt Light show, uh, which was, like, the Tom Green show. Yeah. And we would, like, mess around with people, like, in the neighborhood and stuff like that. And I always wanted to do stand-up at that point, like, because I like the attention and I feel like stand-up is like, it's me. You know, like if, if they laugh, it's because of me. If I fuck up, it's because of me. Like yeah. I like that responsibility and not having to worry about others. So I was 18, <coughs> sorry, COVID. I was 18 and uh, I, I worked at an Italian restaurant called Tambellini's downtown. My mom was the manager and the owner's name was Charlie and he loved stand-up comedy, uh, like huge Dice Clay fan. And, and it was so funny cause like he and I talked about how much we hated uh, Bill Cosby. Yeah. And this is way before, before all this. <laughs> I just like, he's a fucking weirdo. I don't like him. He's not funny to me. Like I hated that shit, right? Like I like dirty comedy and to me he was corny. Yeah. So he's like, why don't you put together a show? You want to do stand-up? I'm like, okay. So we do a show. It's packed. There's like 100 people there, but it's all my friends and family. I do like 20 minutes, which is unheard of. You're supposed to do like five your first time, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> I, in my head, because it's all my friends, I fucking crushed. Like, I was like, oh, I'm calling up Mr. Hollywood right now. Get my limo. Like, I'm going to be on SNL. I'm going to have movies named after me. Like, this was the greatest experience ever. <laughs> So now the improv has an open my comedy contest and they're like, you get six to seven minutes. Go ahead. Good luck. I ate a bag of dicks <laughs> like terribly to the point where like, I literally was like, I'm jumping off a bridge. I'm so depressed. This was terrible. Um, and I talked to a couple of comedians that were getting into it. They're like, dude, you're going to suck for a while. 
Yeah. But you have good stage presence, you know, keep going at it. And, um, you know, 13 years later, I made it. I'm on your podcast, bro. I did it. Like, <laughs> we did it. You know? Yeah, you're on my shitty podcast. I'm on yeah. your podcast. I don't like doing podcasts, honestly. Really? That was, that was no, another I, question I had for you. Is like, now that like you can't really go and do a show, I mean, you might yeah. do it. Would you want to move over to doing just podcasts? So my own, yeah. Um, okay, okay. So here's what I've been doing in the meantime. I've been doing power hours. So, That's awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so much fun. So I can go on Facebook Live. I have a bar in my other room down here. Mm-hmm. And then you get to request songs. If you pay X amount of money, I twerk on the wall. Like, I'll get, like, completely almost naked, like, sumo naked. I hit myself with dildos. Like, I'm an idiot, dude. Like, I don't, I don't care. And, like, I'll do karaoke. But, like, it's just been, it's just been ways to stay creative and being a goofball. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been doing that. We did a Facebook live dating show, which was so much fun. <laughs> so it's eight girls or eight guys and they all compete for like a date with one person. Yeah. So we do it on zoom, but it's on Facebook live. Right. Mm-hmm. So all the people competing with each other can see each other, but you can only hear the guy that you're competing for. <laughs> and then the final round, they have to send nudes to the dude. <laughs> and then he has to send them back. And then they show the face. And the funniest part is the reveal. Cause like these girls will talk shit on the dude. And then I have a hot ass dude and they feel so stupid then. And they're like, yeah. Oh wow. And then they act all tough, but they're actually DMing them like afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we should go <laughs> when COVID's over. So I just been doing that. I've been doing sketches. Um, I've had a Twitter account for a while, but I never yeah, yeah. Really used it until COVID. I yeah, I noticed know. that because I yeah. mean, I, I follow a lot of Pittsburgh accounts, and then I saw you started to use yours a little more. And like, I think you told me one time on Twitter, you were like, "Wait till Steelers season. That's when I'm going to start going off." And hey, here we are. Yeah, you're going <laughs> off, giving everybody your fucking opinion. It's awesome. Oh yeah, I'm obnoxious, dude. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that experience been like? Being able to like talk one on one with other fans on the internet. It's awesome, man. Like, it's are you saying fans of mine or fans of, of the Steelers? Both. Fans of mine, I don't believe in that. I think if somebody supports what you do, they're your friend. Yeah. I don't believe in the fan thing. I think that's one of the corniest things in the world. I think people that aren't successful say that to make themselves look good. Just be a good person. Treat people like a fucking human. You know, that's yeah. your friend. You know? Absolutely. Um, but to talk to other Steeler fans, it's awesome but it's it's kind of annoying because there's there's a there's a handful of them that i've that i i follow most people back if you engage with me and interact i'll follow back but i just won't follow randomly but it's like everybody has the same watered down opinion about the Steelers that i'm like you're literally copy and pasting like for a fucking pizza book report like this is bullshit I know you don't believe this because if I talk one-on-one with you, you don't know who that guy is. You don't know what this is about. So I don't care whatever. Like, I think some people do it for more credibility or friendships. Um, but I, I, it's awesome though, like to bring out the negativity, it's awesome to see how awesome the Steelers fans are. Yeah. Like, dude, like you go anywhere. Like anytime I go on vacation, I fucking pack something Steelers. Absolutely. And, and everybody does that. And I've never seen that with any other team, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I never go to Wildwood, New Jersey and see, like, six Bengals shirts. Like, <laughs> dude, my team could be 3-13. and 13, I'm fucking rocking a big Ben jersey. Yeah. I don't care. Like, that's my city. You know what I mean? So, like, the loyalty from Pittsburgh um, overall, when, when it comes to comedy, like, if they're supporting me, it's been huge. Um and uh you know with football it's it's unreal man so it's like a cult man it's like it's like you're a made man if you're if i know you're a steelers fan like you're we're good you know what i mean exactly (laughs) but if somebody else talks shit on the steelers and you're not a steelers fan fuck you yeah (laughs) right like you and i can be like ben sucks he fucking what kind of game is that but if you're wearing like you know what i mean like an old carson palmer jersey like yeah he's a rapist i'm like shut up 
Yep. <laughs> he's the best quarterback ever. <laughs> I'll tell him he's a piece of shit, but you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's our kid. Oh, my God. I got into that argument with my girlfriend, like, I think it was before week one because she's a Giants fan. Yeah. And we were, like, just going back and forth, like, fun jabs. And then she brings up, like, oh, he's he doesn't respect women. And I'm like, eh, what, what am I going to say? You know? Like, he's my quarterback. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Like, <laughs> we're not talking about him off the field. We're talking yeah. about him on the field. Right. On the field, he's a Hall of Famer. Off the field, questionable. Highly. <laughs> highly questionable, you know. But also, when, when it comes to all that stuff, like, yeah, like, I know of some stories where he's been kind of shitty. Yeah, me too. I think everybody's heard the stories. Right? But, like, to the extent, it's like, okay – Cause I could catch a fish this big and then it's this big and then this big. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it's as big as San Antonio Holmes's dick that was leaked. And um, <laughs> he had a hammer by the way. He did. <laughs> yeah. So. But uh, so other things I want to talk about, I noticed in a lot of your comedy, you started to get into the WWE stuff. Obviously yeah. I can tell you're a fan, but what made you incorporate that into your standup? Okay. So, um, my stand-up character is very, so the one thing about, that I like about professional wrestling is a lot of the characters are driven from comic books or from something else. Right. Yeah. So I was like, what if I do that with stand-up, but with wrestling? Right. So like, I'm going to, so like my character was like kind of Shawn Michaels, Degeneration X style. We're like, okay. he's cocky. He knows he's better than you. You know what I mean? And, like, even if you don't like him, like, you have to respect what he does. And good luck following him. You can't follow him on the card. So I tried to do shit that was so ridiculous that nobody could follow. (laughs) And um, here's how it all started. I was supposed to move to Los Angeles in 2015 uh, with a girl I was dating. I was with her for, like, a year, year and a half. And we were going to move to Los Angeles. And about two weeks before my big going away show, I, I had 400 tickets sold at the Pittsburgh Improv, 20 bucks a piece. So I'm getting about seven grand of that money for yeah. myself to move to Los Angeles. So excited. I can't wait to go. That money's in an account. All of a sudden, she moves on her own. I got no more money. And I'm like, what do I do? Right. I'm like, this is like, this is a disaster. Right. Yeah. So I talked to the manager at the improv. I'm like, dude, what do I do? Like, I can't tell them I'm not leaving. Everyone is sending me out. Like I've done what I did here. It's time to grow. He's like, why don't we do something wrestling? Like I was like, Oh, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'll come fire you like Vince McMahon and you give me the stone cold stunner. I was like, perfect. Yeah. And I was like, do we need to practice? And uh, he's like, I don't know. Should we? And I'm thinking like, if we practice, he's not going to do it because if we fuck it up once, I was like, no, it's real real easy, man. So I show him like three white trash dudes doing a tutorial on on a trampoline on YouTube. I'm like, look, it's, it's so easy. Right. He's like, all right, let's do it. So we just did it. We just did it on the spot at the show. He sold the shit out of it. Like, man, yeah. it looks so awesome. Uh, it went viral overnight. It was on Good Morning America, like, three days later. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck just happened? For eight years, I've been trying to, like, yeah. get myself out there as a comedian. And all I got to do is flick off a guy, give him a stunner, and I'm a hero. <laughs> so, so, oh, my God. Yeah, so I was like, I'm just going to start doing this at every show to close out a show, right? Yeah. And then I started touring with Rob Van Dam. I was his opener. Okay. And I was like, this is, I was like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. you know, it, you know, but eventually it just became so hard because when I'm on so, tour, I'm sorry, Rob Van Dam does comedy. <laughs> kind of. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I was like, did you say RBD? So he does, <laughs> he does stand up comedy and he really doesn't. It's, it's weird. Cause like a lot of these guys, do it for a paycheck to do, to tell road stories. Yeah. Bob actually likes the craft of stand-up comedy. He's like a wrestling version of like Stephen Wright. So he's getting better for sure. And he has a documentary called Headstrong. 
um, which is about concussions, but we filmed it as a documentary about doing stand-up comedy. But what happened was a week before our second tour, he got a concussion. He landed on his ponytail. Oh, okay. He got a concussion, so we changed the whole format. And so I'm in that. It's on, I don't know, you can find it anywhere. It's called Headstrong. But I'm really two, two small parts. I'm in it. I'm barely in it. But hey, I'm in it, damn it. Um, so we toured. And like Rob was one of those dudes that like I didn't know if he liked me at first. And because uh, he would like we would tour together. And then like he had a guy do all his bitch work for him. And I was like, I don't do that. I kind of do my own thing. And I was supposed to go second to last. Like it was supposed to go me, then Rob, right? Mm-hmm. But Rob was running late. and. Uh, so the guy that brings him had to go after me and then it was Rob and I cut like a WWE style promo where I was just fucking snapping about like how I'm the best one on the show. Like I'm the funniest one. <laughs> yeah. You go to buy his, you know, merchandise, but you go home thinking about me, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Cutting this WWE promo. I get backstage and Rob's fucking sitting there looking at me. And he goes, dude, that's like a WWF promo, dude. <laughs> he gets on top of me and starts fake punching me in the head like I'm on top of the ropes. I was like, oh, shit, he fucks with me now. You know what I mean? So then I, be- I became friends with him. Um, and then I talked with John Morrison a lot. Yeah. Um, because I actually booked him with Blackcraft Wrestling. He was our champion. And uh, so, so it was hard, though, because I wanted to still be a stand-up comedian. But every time I went somewhere, whether I was doing five minutes, everyone's like, hit me with a fucking steel chair. Tell me to suck it. <laughs> so it was like, I wanted to get away from that for a little bit. And like every now and then maybe bring it as a surprise. But it's so hard to choke slam a woman through a table <laughs> at a VFW yeah. in Blonox. <laughs> like I can't fucking do it. No, I'm sorry. That's that was good. That's yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that being said, with all the wrestling stuff, is that how you kind of found yourself go and partner with Barstool to do the rough and rowdy? Is like did they notice that and say, Hey, we want you to like be the heel in this in this match? Or how so, did the how did the rough and rowdy go about? So here's what happened. Barstool had an audition called uh barstow idol right yeah absolutely ellis won or francis ellis won the first one quickly got himself fired yeah 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 he said something off the taste i don't remember what it was uh he talked about a woman who was missing and and then they found her the day that he released the blog and she was burned to death so that's why he got fired wow yeah that's not good (laughs) uh wow okay so anyways (laughs) Other than that, um, so they were doing a second one, and I really, I really wasn't a huge Barstool guy. Yeah. Honestly, like, I, I liked Dave. I thought Dave was great, and I think Big Cat was good, PFT. But, like, like KFC, like, he annoyed the fuck out of me and a lot of the other guys. <laughs> yeah. I just thought they were dorks. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just thought they, you know, I didn't like, I didn't like the – it was, it was, remember we, so you, so break this down. You and I, we had a little DM and this is what we're talking, how we brought up the Barstool thing about, yeah. you know, I was in a bitter place. And what it was is I auditioned for Barstool Idol and I choked completely because I was going to do stand up and tell betting stories before they got into gambling because I was going to pitch gambling. And I was going to tell a story about how I bet on when the Pope was going to die at a death pool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a super funny bit. Right before I go up, they're like, hey, don't do stand-up. Dave doesn't like stand-up. It's not going to work. So now I'm like oh, fucking wow. live in front of these guys. Biggest moment of my career. If they like me, like I'm, I'm set, right? I don't do well. I freeze because everything I wanted to say, I I didn't think. Yeah, like they sabotaged you by saying he didn't like stand up. Yeah, yeah, and like I thought, like a hundred percent, like I was winning this contest. Yeah, like like I, no question about it. So, I fucking left there so upset. I was in some town in New York called Hell's Kitchen, blackout drunk. (laughs) 
I'm MFing everyone at Barstool. Fuck them. They made the biggest mistake of their lives. Being a complete poor sport, crybaby asshole. I was on Facebook Live. I think I was crying. I don't remember. I just was so drunk. I was like, are you fucking idiots? Hey, hey, we've all been there. Drunk on Facebook Live, Instagram Live. Terrible. Trust me, I feel the pain. Here's the problem. <laughs> on Facebook Live, somehow they saw all of it. Oh, really? And they screenshotted shit before I even went after them. So they've been watching me for a little bit, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. So I don't do well there. And then Mantis wins. Yeah. My roommate at the time goes, hey, you should go after him on Twitter and, and fuck with him and tell him you're funnier than him. And I'm like, oh, it's genius because he's new to Barstool. So he has the least amount of followers. So he's going to see what I say. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to respond, right? So I go back and forth with him just to get attention. And then Chef comes out. Yeah. And Chef was like, I'll fucking fight you, pussy. What? I was like, yeah, of course you will. You're seven foot. And I'm five one. Yeah, of course you're going to fight, you know? So that's how that happened. And then it was pretty much like, hey, Matt, you're going to play the bad guy. And my biggest problem was like, it's entertainment, right? Like the whole yeah. point of Rough and Rowdy is to watch a bunch of idiots fight. Yep. There's, it's not it's not Mayweather versus Pacquiao. Like <coughs> it's you want to see a train wreck. That's all you want to see. So they came in town to film me doing like this this pre stuff, and I'm like, why are you taking this so serious? This is not selling tickets. You can watch me train for two hours, three hours. The average Joe does not give a fuck about me. Let me shit on him. Let me roast him. Let me. Yeah, like basically what they should have done is just let you do your WWE promos. Yeah. And that would be it. Let them, let everyone at Barstool hate my guts. Let the fans hate me. I understand what my role is. Yeah. You know, so when we did the fight, um, it didn't go my way at all. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was really funny. So like a week and a half before I got a concussion and like dislocated my jaw. How the fuck that happened? So, cause I was actually really training secretly and I didn't tell them this. Okay. And I fought some dude at fifth Avenue gym downtown. And I went out, we had to size up against somebody who was my size or his size. Yeah. He was a two time golden gloves champion. <laughs> fuck and i yeah yeah and i fucking do i blasted in the face really hard and people were like oh shit you ain't gonna let that white boy kill you (laughs) like that and like it was almost like his switch turned on like kill and it was (laughs) so i don't i forget this because i'm not a fighter like when you get bite your mouthpiece right yeah yeah i didn't bite it so my mouth was like this and i fucking don't And, like, I couldn't eat for, like, four days. I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm in so much trouble. It still clicks. Like, I get locks. So, I'm like, this sucks. I have a concussion, but I'm not telling them because I'm still doing this. This might be my chance to get in Barstool. So, I go in there. I get knocked out. You know, they said knocked out. I got fucking – I hit, and I was taught when you get hit, roll over and get up. That's it. Yeah. It's like four seconds I get up because of the fight. But somehow they, the game, the, the fight commissioner said I could fight again. So t- explain that to me. That it makes make no sense. sense. Okay. But at the same so, time, it's rough and rowdy, so who gives a shit? Right. <laughs> so I'm thinking I just spent all this time training for this moment just to get seen on camera. It's not ending in 18 seconds. There's no fucking way. Yeah, fuck no. I was like, I'm taking this fucking show over. I'm hijacking it. I'm showing them why I should be here, why I should be with Barstool, why I feel like I would do great there. And I hijacked the fucking show. In my opinion, I was the most entertaining part of that whole whole night, you know, and uh, they loved it. They, you know, Dave was always nice to me. Um, still talks good things about me, like when they talk about it. Um, but Big Cat, who he and I like kind of not bonded, but like we talked very briefly beforehand. And I was like, hey, DVE guy said hi. He's like, oh, I love those guys, man. Good luck tonight. Have fun. So we had that little thing. Yeah. And then the second I did what I did, he was like, fuck this dude. Right? Like, oh, he's a clown. Yeah. It's like, well, what did you think I was going to do? Yeah, what did you think was going to happen? Like, I came out to Shawn Michaels' music. I did the pose. 
Did you think I was going to fight him and then, like, promote an, another fight? Like, I'm not a fighter. That's not why I got on there. Yeah. So I thought, like, it was going to be more than that, and it never was. So then on a, on a Barstool episode, I guess they do, like, these weekly shows, yeah. and they were looking for somebody to fight Stu Finer for Rough and Rowdy. <laughs> they brought me up, and yeah. Dave goes, oh, he would be 100 times better than anybody else we could get for you. So I thought that was going to happen. Then, then Stu got hurt. Something happened to him and he couldn't do it. And then COVID happened. Yeah. And then this is also another inside story that nobody knows this. Do you know of a guy named superhuman? Yeah. Okay. So they reached out to him. Oh God. To, to fight rough and rowdy. <laughs> and I know superhuman, right? Okay. You know, him like Super- personally, yeah, and they okay. said, and Superhuman was going to do it, but it was going to be against me. Okay. And he was going to say, the only way I do it is against Matt Light, but he couldn't do it. He's like, he's like we'll fight each other. I was like, yeah, I'll fuck you up. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because, <laughs> like, if I go against him, one, I kick his ass, so I look like a, a bigger bad guy than I already am. Yeah. And two, then I can call out Stu, and then I get my match at, you know, Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. So I was like, it'll be perfect, right? Then he couldn't do it. So we didn't, we ended up not doing it, but like that was the plan. It's like I wanted to get back. I just, I just, I hate losing. I'm so competitive. <laughs> yeah. And like, dude, like, even though it was a meaningless fight, that fight, I think about it every single day. Cause I never had a redemption. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I would have got my ass kicked one more time afterwards, or the fight wasn't stopped so quick. I'd have been like, okay, I'm a pussy or okay. Like I blew my chance with Barstool, but I just, I just feel like I would do so well with them and their audience that, you know, it's just been so hard for me to just let it go. Uh, and I've just been using that to try and create more shit in Pittsburgh. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. So now let's talk about um, the sponsorship with iron city beer. Yeah. The beer drinker's beer, the best beer yeah. there ever is. There ever yes. was. Um, how'd the you come with beers? What's that? The bread heart of beers. The bread heart of beers. I love that. <laughs> so how did that sponsorship come about? Because, I mean, that's a Yinzer's dream. Yeah, that was huge. Um, so I worked a lot with DVE, and I did a lot of man-on-the-street videos for them. Okay. And my original pitch was to go to every game and have DVE – Iron City and Permani Brothers. All of them helped me get to these games and then DV have the content for online. Yeah. Well, DVE like kind of like when I was talking to my buddies up there, it was kind of like up in the air. There was really nothing going on with it. Permani Brothers, I really couldn't get a hold of anybody. I knew I rep at Iron City because I talked to them previously about having them tour my do my comedy tours. Because yeah. I was going to do local bars every like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sponsored by Iron City. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I was like, well, this is so much better for them for content and stuff like that. So we pitched a meeting. They said, we love it. We're going to give you four games. We'll give you all the divisional games this year. And if it goes over well, then we'll give you next year, you know, all 16. And I was like, great. So I do the I do the first four and they did really well online and yeah. uh, COVID hit and it just I knew that there was no I don't my thing is I don't like burning bridges so like once I knew that like okay my gold my what I know that I'm really good at is man on the street right yeah. once I knew I couldn't do that for them this year I was like I'm not gonna just waste their sponsorship and have them pitch like, oh, the Matty Light six pack where I just pick six games and bet. And like, like I just was like, I'm just going to wait again until we can tailgate. You know what I mean? Cause I don't want to, I don't want to stretch that relationship. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, I want them to get what they're paying me for. Yeah, exactly. I want them to give them that quality. So I worked with them then. I still have a good relationship with them, but um, as far as sponsoring things, it's really just whatever I feel strong about, they'll do. Yeah. You know, but right now, like, I'm a firm believer of like, if it's not good enough, 
then I, I'm not just going to do it to say that I'm Iron City. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm very similar in that way when it comes to content. Like, I'm not going to put out a shit product. <laughs> and I'm not even sponsored by anybody. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just me personally. Like, I'm yeah. not going to sit in my room and do a shitty video. Like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to have it planned out. I'm going to have, like, what I need. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to put out a shit product. And to have that aspect and also have a sponsor is, like, that's the perfect yeah. pairing. Well, see, I, I, here's my difference. So I don't have a problem putting out shit if I don't have, but I'm not going to rush it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's, like, if I do something, like you said, if we plan it out and we do it and it just doesn't hit, that's fine and it's out there. Like, content, content, content. Yeah. But when it comes to money, like, I want to show you my A-plus shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is, like, COVID, a lot of people are making excuses, but, like, now this more is, than ever. This is the time where we got to – we got to bear down and we're, we're separating the men from the boys. I've said it from the beginning of COVID. hundred percent. Like all these comedians that are no names, but still work weekends at traveling comedy clubs. Like I'm right there with them. Like now it's my time to fucking build my audience, yeah. you know, with you, with your podcast. Like this is your time to invest in yourself, to work harder because more than ever, nobody is going out. Yeah. So there's more time to listen to shit. There's more time to do stuff. So these people are just like, I'm just not motivated. I'm like, then I don't want to talk to you about it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Those like, are the people want... that are like, they need, they need everything to be normal to be able to do what they do. Yeah. It's, it's like, just if a you're hobby not creative. Yeah, yeah. If you're not creative enough to do it while you can't do it, then why are you doing it? And that's fine. If that's your thing, if you just do it for fun and stuff, but don't disrespect the game Yeah. by, Oh, well, I just haven't had time. Motherfucker, like, everybody has time. Make time. Get up Absolutely. early. Go to bed later. Fucking do it. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's just like, you know, I just, I've never made excuses. Like, like 13 years where I'm at, like, I'm fucking nowhere near where I wanted to be. Yeah. But I'm going to get there. You know what I mean? Because I fucking believe it. Exactly. You know? And, and I think, you know, if you believe that, and you put that out there, it's going to happen, man. Absolutely. You know, and I see your shit and your content, man. Like you guys just hammer, 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 hammer. And it, all it takes is, dude, it's like what I said with stand up. All it took was one stupid fucking thing that, that I didn't even plan on posting. Yeah. online. Yeah. You told me that before it takes one video. Yeah. And that was my one video, a dumb fucking stone cold stunner. And then, 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 then two weeks later, there was a stone cold stunner challenge online. Yeah. That everybody did because of that video. And I just was like, what the fuck? Like, this is insane. You know? And uh, it, that's all it takes, man. I was worried that my one, my one video would be what happened this past weekend on my betting show that I do on Twitter. Yeah. I, I cut my finger cutting an onion. Oh I, th my God. I thought that was going to be it. If it would have started gushing blood, I think that would have been it. And I would have hated it. It's okay, it. though. <laughs> That's okay, because you have that one video, man. It's what you do with <laughs> yeah. it. You know exactly. what I mean? Because if you get, like, 25% of the people that watch that shit to watch your next video, yep. and you retain, like, half of them, you just build a brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Like, um, I mean, yeah, like, there's obviously, like, you don't want to be the guy who shits his pants at a Steelers <laughs> game. You don't want to be that guy. No. <laughs> but you're putting out content. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, fuck it. So, with the news coming out today that Steeler fans will be allowed at the game this yeah. weekend, are we going to see a return of the tailgate? I know there's no tailgating at the stadium parking lots. Yeah. But are we going to see you in some aspect at the game? We will find out tomorrow, probably. Okay. Um, for, for, <laughs> excuse me. For season ticket holders, you have to call in at 11 and 3 p.m uh to see if you're qualified for what they call is a, i think it's a hub of tickets okay. so 5500 i i honestly am more excited to go to one of these than i am to a packed stadium here's why they will hear every fucking word i say to them that yep it's like going to a, it's going to a pirate game it's exactly yeah. like going to a pirate game. Remember when you'd sit in the <laughs> left field bleachers and just shit on the away left fielder the yep. whole game? 
We used to do it to Puig, and he would sit there with his yep. glove and go like this and flick us off. <laughs> yep, one hundred percent. Him and who else was it? There was a. There was a. I know we we used to go after Braun, Ryan who? Braun, Ryan Braun. Oh yeah, we used to go after him too because he had that he had his own underwear and shit. Yeah, <laughs> there was uh there was somebody on the Cubs. Was it Soriano? Yeah. Yeah. Soriano, we fucking went after him hardcore. Like that's what's fun, dude. There was a guy that had his Wikipedia page. And he's like, your wife, Andrea, is a bitch. And I was like, oh, my God. That was the best. That's, that's why I fucking love these things, man. I fucking love these things. We would go to games, do exactly what you said, look up a Wiki, Wikipedia page, be like, all right, where'd this dude fuck up in life? And then yeah. yell at him about it. Yeah, dude. It's so much fun. So like, it, it would just be so so good to call Carson Wines a cocksucker, like yell yeah. at him. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's I hope good. I'm there. We'll see. Um, fuck, it would be. I'm so scared about this week, though. Why? Historically, we don't play well against them, and they're front four defensively. I'm like, this is going to be a game that we're going to fucking lose. Like, I just, I just feel it, man. Like, I just, I don't want to be that guy. But okay. like, I just feel see, like. This is, so this is something I. Me and you have very polar opposite Steeler takes. I've noticed that on Twitter. Yeah. Like you're like the Debbie Downer, oh fuck this, we're so bad. But then we yeah. win, you're like, okay, yeah, we won. Me, yeah. I'm like, okay, we're gonna be good. We got the guys we need. Let's get it done. Yeah. And you're saying we're gonna lose and I'm saying we're gonna win. I yeah. think we're gonna win pretty handedly. So it's pretty much if you watch if you watch a game with me, you would think I'm bipolar and have sports threats. <laughs> Cause like I'm literally Randy Quaid from Major League. Yeah. Like, where he's, this team is garbage. They suck. I told you they were going to the Super Bowl. Like, that's because my problem is we're playing good enough. Yeah. For who we're playing. But if we played the way we did against any team with a winning record right now, besides the Bears, they would have beat the fuck out of us. I, I I can agree with that. You can't have one bad half. And the Steelers have had a bad first half every game they played. So credit Tomlin to adjusting the second half. But my problem is, why do you wait? Yeah. Like, against um, Houston last week or two weeks ago, Go after Deshaun Watson. Fuck him. What what has he done? He hasn't done shit all year. Let him do what he does. They didn't send the rush. And then did you notice that the, the they weren't going after him? They were just blocking the holes so he couldn't get away. Yeah. They're making him go, sit in the pocket. Go hit him. Fucking hit him so he See, the thing that I saw there was I was like, I think they just had faith in their outside linebackers to get to him. Yeah. That's the way I saw it. They're just like, okay, we have two of the best outside linebackers in the game. They're good to get them. Yeah, they, I like that. Did. But there's problems where you have Vince Williams covering a fucking wide receiver. Yeah. I hate – I did not like he, that. <laughs> I love him interior. When that dude has to cover somebody, fuck off. Yep. <laughs> but that's any middle linebacker. That's nothing against him. The middle yeah. linebacker, when the middle linebacker takes up a wide receiver, they're going to be open every time. That's yeah. how Keenan Allen fucking killed us against the Steelers, like, what, two, three years ago. We were up, like, 20 at halftime. And yeah. they just picked on the middle linebacker. And then uh, what was his name? Allen. The safety? Probably. He fucking clotheslined uh, Joe Hayden. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 So... Yeah, I'm very negative. Yeah, see, I like, to, I like to keep the positivity going, man. I'm positive <laughs> until they start fucking up. And they start fucking up, I, I, I'm, I call for everyone to be fired. Yeah. The fucking hey, guy. You're the perfect yinzer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the guy that's selling popcorn in Section 138, get the fuck out of here, man. Like, it's his fault, too. <laughs> he tripped on them fucking – it's everybody's fault, you know. Oh, man. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure. Yeah, um, man, it's good to. I don't meet think you. we've we've ever. I don't think we've ever had this many laughs on the show. Yeah, we got a comedian, so 
I guess there it was go. warranted. <laughs> but yeah, also it was great to finally meet you. I know we've had a rapport on Twitter for a little bit. Oh yeah. Even though it started in a negative manner because I'm that's an okay. idiot. But hey, hey, listen, hey, that's how mine started with Barstool, right? Yeah. So maybe there's a happy ending for both of us. Let's hope. Let me plug my shit real quick. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing I was forgetting was you need to plug your shit. Yeah. So I just started a Pittsburgh clothing company, which is better than all the other ones. Here's why. Because <laughs> mine is actually printed in Pittsburgh. It's not printed on a fucking internet website. Yeah. So it's actually really screen printed. It's not digital bullshit. But it's called Yins. It's Those are dope shirts. Dude, you know why I like these shirts? So we got the intact the tags printed on the inside. They're very soft. And so like guys like me who like from here and up, I look like I'm not fat, but yeah. I have a pregnant <laughs> belly. Yeah. So these shirts are designed so the arms are and the chest are super tight, but the stomach doesn't stick out. So they're 90-10 cotton. Uh they're made by next level. Dude, they're awesome, man. So go check it out yinsclothing.com and since we had to bring up some wrestling this is the wrestling version oh yeah the nwo shirt hell yeah so this one's about to sell out soon actually oh shit there it I, is man i need it to be friday so i get my paycheck and i can buy one hell yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's awesome i can't wait to buy some of that gear uh I, I mean you, you sold it pretty well. It makes fat people look not fat, and that's exactly hey, what I need. I needed something for myself. <laughs> I got to wear it, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Matt, thank you for coming on the show, and look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks, brother. Go Steelers. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com cloud.